Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the internet's number one fake history podcast. It's your best friends, your homies, your brothers, your cousins, your uncles, your stepdad. It's the Lore Boys. Welcome to the show. My name's Ethan. I'm going to be your host. I'm joined by Peter. Peter, say hi. My name's Peter O'Donohue. Uh, I'll help you if you're stuck. Stepsis. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Jamie. Um, what? Yeah. I'm I'm the washing machine. Hi. <laughs> or the dryer. <laughs> Uh, I'm the narrator of this porno. Uh, Peter is the, the creepy stepbro. Uh, his advances are way too forward. And... and Jackie did not heed the words of the witch queen and became <laughs> stuck in the dryer. Help me, stepbro, she said. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show. Um, to all our uh, loyal, faithful, devout listeners. Um, anybody new? Hello. Welcome to the show. Have a seat. Take a seat. Grab a bag of Sprite. Yeah. Uh, we're <laughs> happy to have to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, we're the internet's uh, number one fake history podcast, as decided by a highly elite tribunal of uh, deciders of such things. Um, won't name names, but uh, we're we're pretty big out there. What we do is we uh, take your favorite uh, media and we break down the history behind it, the fake history, that is. You like a thing? We could make it more boring. Sit down and listen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Respectfully disagree. There's uh, very little that's more boring than pouring through uh, Space Marine uh, canonical uh, fan fiction on the wiki. Uh, That's true. uh, So don't, all our listeners, don't try it. Don't go there. We'll do it for you. You see that shadowy land over there? You must never go there. That's fandom.wikia, Simba. Don't go there. <laughs> it's just all three of us cackling, reading wikis. <laughs> well, we're the hyenas. We're in like the, the elephant graveyard, yeah. just like reading wikis. Yeah, I got dibs yeah. on Ed. Yeah. Uh, Jamie's, uh, Jamie's Whoopi Goldberg. One? Yeah. Jamie, okay, Jamie's course. Whoopi Goldberg, of course. I'll be Cheech Marin. Yeah, you be Cheech. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so cool. uh, we're talking Space Marines again. Uh, we've talked about Space Marines before. Um, anybody who hasn't listened to those ones, uh, the links are in the uh, description uh, for this episode. If you're listening on a podcast app, uh, searching 40K should get you there because um, the links are to our website, loreboys.com. This episode will be a multi-parter, so keep an eye out for the follow-up and or conclusion. I'm not sure if it's going to be two or three. Uh, definitely, definitely more than one. Uh, before we start, I would love to ask you guys, Jamie, what's your favorite tongue twister? My favorite tongue twister? <laughs> I've got a few, to be honest. I actually, um, I was told that I'm not allowed to say them on the on the podcast, but I, I guess I could give them a couple. Um, how about 
Round the rough and rugged rock, the ragged rascal rudely ran. That is a good one. That's a fun one. Yeah. That's fun. Do you, do you have a favorite one? Uh, definitely Pad Kid Poured Curd Pulled Cod. Okay. Nice. <laughs> All I want is a proper cup of coffee in a proper copper coffee pot. I may be off the dot, but I want a cup of coffee from a proper coffee pot. Uh, <laughs> got through it. Got through it. The first, I'm a big the... fan of... Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm a big fan of six Czech cricket critics, uh, only because I'm a big fan of cricket and its many rules that uh, I'm sure I understand. <laughs> <laughs> understand and no. I'm a fan yeah. of Czech people, so uh, we, can find, we can find common ground here, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can teach me about the Czech, um, and I can teach you about cricket. I have no interest uh, in ever, learning cricket. You ever oh, just no? been in a, in, a, in a test, and then your crush is next to you, and you want to make a move? You say, quizzical quiz, quiz kiss me quick. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty bold they, yeah, there's yeah. some cajones on that kid yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite one is uh, idiot says what what oh, oh frick dude oh, right frick, frick. Uh, that wasn't okay. even a, t- a twister <laughs> it's kind of a twister when you think about it because I said it fast and quiet um, but so what I actually wanted to ask not it had nothing to do with tongue twisters Jamie I don't know I don't know where that comes from uh, I want to say, what do you guys remember about what we've done, what we've covered so far? We've talked a lot about Primarchs and a bit about a God Emperor and a bit about Legions and what Space Marines are. And I want you guys to give me the, the lowdown on what you remember, and I'll use that as an assumption of what the listeners remember. So there was Earth, present time. Then you fast forward a lot of time. We get into space travel. Everybody branches out. There's a huge communications thing. But then the communication dies, and all the people are stranded throughout the universe. And then, depending on what planet they were left on, they kind of developed their new little culture. There's a big old king. He has a bunch of spunk that he shoots across the sky. Mm-hmm. And then his <laughs> sons grow up um, all o- or daughters? I don't know if he has daughters. They all grow up all over the universe, and they end up on these little planets after the communication kind of goes dead. And he goes out and finds them all. And those are the 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 powerful dudes, the Primarchs. Uh, yeah. You did, you did pretty good. Um, we'll put a pin in it. No daughters, because uh, Games Workshop is a bad company and uh, unimaginative. <laughs> and they're just like, it, it, it has bred such a toxic, like, oh, well, no woman would ever be selected for the gene seed because she got titties. Titties get in the way of the heart transplant, idiot. Uh, <laughs> kind of mentality in, in the fan base. And as someone who, who has played a fair amount of 40K and, and plays Age of Sigmar, uh, there's some toxic people in the Warhammer community, and uh, sexism is a pretty rampant. But no, there no no women primarchs. Uh, <laughs> Games Workshop rise up, Peter. I'll, I'll give it to you for the <laughs> I'll give it to you for the steal because on Family Feud he's hit his his three X's now. Uh, so okay. if, you could, if you could tell me one thing that Jamie got wrong or or missed out on there, we'll we'll give the points to you. Oh, it was the warp storms storms that cast the primarchs out onto their different. Um, planets, and then the Emperor of Mankind is going around to collect them on his Great Crusade, so that he can collect all of his sons. So you've yeah. got your Space Wolves, which is the Vikings, which is Lehman Russ, I want to say. One then them, you've yeah. got Robute Gulliman, which is the Ultramarine guy. Mm-hmm. Two previous Mowglis who were raised by their planet's wolves <laughs> or some shit. 
Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think that's enough for the steal. Uh, yeah. So we'll give it to you. All hail, all hail the big king of mankind, by the way, JB. <laughs> True. Yeah, and thankfully, to combat sexism, I think they hastily cobbled together the uh, faction that I play, the Sisters of Battle, who are a bunch of genocidal murder nuns, because <laughs> we are equal opportunity uh, religious zealots at Games Workshop. Okay, yeah, yeah. exactly. The uh, big king and his nine nimble noblemen nibbling nuts. <laughs> yeah. Nibbling nuts. <laughs> Uh, stop telling the listeners to nibble nuts, please. Sure. So, uh, the, if we go through the um, Family Feud, uh, show us the board, uh, go through the remaining answers. Uh, Jamie said uh, we start on Earth, not Earth Terra. Duh. Uh, he said we go two thousand years in the future. Actually, we'd go eight thousand years into the past to the birth of the God Emperor of Mankind because he was born eight thousand years ago. Uh, right. But yeah, pretty much everything else you got right up to about 10, 15,000 AD. Uh, mankind was spreading out throughout the galaxy. It was this beautiful age of technology. These warp storms hit the entire galaxy, cut off all communication for thousands of years, uh, which began what, what is known as the Age of Strife or the Dark Ages, uh, wherein people kind of regressed to these kind of states of... Uh, you have, you know, medieval uh, fiefdom planet. You have feudal kingdoms planet. You have, you know, all these all these different variations on the same kind of theme. Right. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about a man called Lorgar, uh, another Primarch, uh, someone we've talked about before uh, yeah, for the listeners of our old, old episodes. Um, and we're going to be talking about the world that he called home. Uh, the planet's name was Colchis. Uh, C-O-L-C-H-I-S I don't know if it's Colchis or Colchis but I'm going to be saying Colchis uh, an imperial feudal world of the Segmentum Pacificus it is often described as a planet of faith a planet of old gods cool the world of Colchis was one of the first worlds settled in mankind's exploration of the stars located to the galactic northwest of Terra within the region of space later known as the Segmentum Pacificus. Colchis's continental masses were dotted with strange, crumbling edifices, and no amount of exploration and research could fathom their purpose. Okay, so they've it's like the northern west coast of the galactic map. Is there a lot of large, strange obelisks in the Pacific Northwest no, that no, nobody no, can like... fathom or explain? But they've got like they, they the way they've named it, and it's like oh, it's in the galactic oh. northwestern part, and it's like oh, okay. Like yeah. I've never been to the Pacific Nor- Northwest to so like Washington <laughs> or Oregon. They the place might be lousy with weird obelisks that nobody can explain. <laughs> like, uh, I don't fucking know. Please, please, uh, if one of our listeners is from the Pacific Northwest of the United States or BC or even I'll go as far as Alaska. Uh, please tweet at us at Loreboys and let us know if there if there's a weird obelisk in your backyard that science has yet to explain. Science or <laughs> or archaeology has yet to explain. Yeah. They've dug down a thousand miles, but they just still can't find the bottom of it. I don't uh, know where it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where uh, it uh, yeah, so we've we've talked we have talked about this on a on a past episode, uh, talking about the Space Marines, the Milky Way galaxy. It's basically a disc, right? You're familiar with it, with the concept of a disc, right, Peter? Yeah, like okay. a like a laser disc. Sure, yeah. sure. Think of it as a double laser disc, disc. Os- obelisk. Double disc obelisk. Double disc obelisk. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's just making them up now. Uh, yeah. So think of it as a disc, like a laser disc, but thicker than a laser disc and wider okay. than a laser disc. It can hold way more songs than four, or however much memory, <laughs> however exactly. much memory was on a laser disc. Exactly. 
uh, and then you're just you're looking at the disc flat, so you're looking at a circle, and that's how the Milky Way has been kind of split up in the Warhammer 40k universe. So they do have these kind of segments, and they kind of have compass directions in a 3D space because they just make it a 2D space, yeah. kind of. And then yeah. height, who cares, huh? Who cares? Yeah, it's like Carl Sagan's Flatland. Uh, not Carl Sagan, but I I know the concept that you're talking about. He talked <laughs> about it. Yeah, he did not write the book though. Ah, uh, who yeah. did? Edwin A. Abbott wrote the book. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think Carl Sagan was a sci-fi author. It was uh, it was way earlier. Uh, f- oh, here I have it up. Uh, first published in 1884. So holy shit! Like Whoa. way, way, way pre pre Carl Sagan's time. It, cool stories. Uh, maybe we'll do Flatland lore someday. Um, definitely a cool idea. Probably something that we would never do proper justice to. Uh, not to <laughs> say yeah to? not to say that we ever do justice jamie you got a yeah. point uh yeah. <laughs> but maybe maybe it deserves it more than say games workshops uh warhammer 40k <laughs> lore right <laughs> yeah uh okay so we have a planet uh you're from uh, peter you're familiar with the concept of a planet right it's okay so think of it like a laser disc uh if you could juxtapose 360 of them across 360 degrees you would kind of get this sphere right like a like a okay. ball but they like have a... to be big enough, though, because, like, Pluto is not that chump, bitch. No, not yeah, that Yeah, that's chump. true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 49,000 miles across, chump change. That's, yeah. that's bitch planet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Colchis was thrice the size of Terra, so three times as big, with a mere, okay. frac- with a mere fraction of the population, of course, because they had settlers land, and it didn't... Uh, they didn't have the thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of years that uh, modern day Earth has had to get to our uh, very strong and virile 8 billion. Uh, it would take five standard years for Colchis to weave its tortured path around its relentless sun. Spinning that great mass on its own axis, it took a Terran week to pass a single day on Colchis. So time moves, time moves slower on my home planet of Colchis. Well, it does so, that, yeah. Do you think that they stay up for a week and then sleep for a week? Well, no, it's a day to them, so why not? When they yeah. stay awake for three and a half days, like you don't stay awake for twenty four hours and then sleep for twenty four hours. Uh, that's a fair point too, Peter. I think <laughs> I think Peter outbrained us, Jamie. Speak for yourself. Dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, that's a really good question, Jamie. I'd assume no, because they are human and they haven't had that much time to evolve, like to adapt to it. Um, no. In so far as I have read, which at this point I've read a fair amount of the. Warhammer 40k uh, wiki, and it's it's never been mentioned that people's circadian rhythms have changed based on planet, but mm. that's something that uh, the human co- the human race will maybe someday have to to get used to. Well, yeah. actually, those people with the obelisks up in Alaska might have to do that from time to time, right? Because their uh, the length of their days change. True, true. But they just so, sleep. Oh yeah. But they just they'd sleep. be a good case study. Yeah. Cause... Well, no, because there's Inuit people and they just sleep. Do people sleep in Alaska? Really? <laughs> have, we ever, not, have you ever seen it happen? Sleep, I've never yeah. seen anyone sleep in Alaska. <laughs> that, uh, fair. Right. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Jamie's never seen anyone uh, sleep in Alaska. Put that on a piece of corn, huh? <laughs> if somebody sends us an email from Alaska saying that they go to sleep, it's anecdotal. It's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, I have a friend in the Yukon who sleeps, and it's technically just as north, but not Alaska. So still technically yeah. unconfirmed. Alas- <laughs> Alaskan nap, ask him sap sure alaska sure i don't know i'm trying to come up with a tongue <laughs> twister close though not bad. i never would have guessed uh so from orbit 
Colchis' skin was a visage of unforgiving mountain ranges and auburn desert plains veined by threading rivers. Civilization on Colchis was reforged in the fires of these desert plains. Uh, so, hot planet. Sounds horrible. Desert planet. Dry planet. Gritty planet. I hate sand. It's dry and coarse and it get everywhere. I was going to say, gonna you could cold. start a Star Wars movie here, as they <laughs> always do. <laughs> I thought it was going to be cold, because I was thinking, like, cold kiss for Colchis. No. But no, it's hot. It's, it's very the much the opposite. Unrelenting sun gave away the fact that they may not have permanent ice caps. I, I would also like to say, and this is it's funny that you mentioned Star Wars, because this is a gripe that I have with Star Wars, how, like, every single biome seen on Earth is a single planet in, like, a sci-fi story you know what i mean like here's yeah. complete desert planet that's just middle eastern people here's completely frozen planet that's just northern people here's yeah. verdant forest that's all british people and it's like okay but like earth is pretty diverse why would these planets be pretty diverse too you know yeah yeah i've that's funny i've had that thought too uh like in the past looking at anything it's just like how the how the fuck does anything survive on a planet with with just one weather pattern like yeah, what the right. fuck <laughs> uh, i wonder if like technology is far enough ahead then then like your globe your whole globe would be in touch with each other so their culture would be more similar than ours is just because like we've only co- have like long distance communication within seconds like fairly recently in history so if we had it for hundreds of years maybe our culture is going to be really similar across that's the globe fair. too that's a good point future. Uh, yeah. So I guess less applies to 40k. Still, totally applies to Star Wars, where they have endemic species uh, to these planets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so while the uh, Colchis civilization may have once been highly advanced, like Jamie said before the Warp Storms games, they did regress to a pre-industrial feudal society during the Age of Strife. Uh, Peter, why don't you hit us with the definition of a feudal society? Um, isn't that where it's like multiple warlords controlling small pieces of territory, like itty bitty no. little provinces? No, it's whenever you say one thing and then the other family could X you out if you said one thing wrong, as Ethan showed before. Yes, that's the feudal. <laughs> it's a family, Every- family feudal society. <laughs> everybody, elects, everybody elects Steve Harvey, which is a title, not a person uh, yeah. on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a military hierarchy is the one, yeah. the one uh, thing that I, I would say you missed, which if Jamie had said, he would have stolen it for the... the family feudal points this is our elected steve harvey lorgar <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh not yet not yet he hasn't lined up oh, I remember see. uh life was easy for some and hard for others relatable uh classic all, all the people knew the same truths that their fathers had known and their mothers had taught that disease came and called generations but that these times would pass for nothing could remain unchanged that war would come like rain and stain the land with blood but there are always the promises of joy, even when all seemed lost. All men died, and kings fell, and new kings rose. But the gods remained. Dude, that was cool. Can you say the part where the war would come in the rain in Spain again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the war would come like the rain in Spain on the plain. And, oh, cool. Uh, a bull was chasing it when it came. Ole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when the Primarchs disappeared from the Gene Laboratory under the Himalayas, Lorgar was no exception, of course. He was cast through the warp to spin across the galaxy in his test tube, only to come crashing down on Colchis. Um, like Jamie mentioned, there was Gene Seeds going on. Again, listen to our uh, my recent episodes all about Warhammer 40k. We talk a lot about the Gene Seed um, and how the Primarchs were created. 
uh, Lorgar was created in the same fashion and was cast into the void by the ruinous powers, as we know from past episodes. Uh, when the infant Lorgar fell from the sky, his legion had yet to be born on Terra, and the faith of Colchis was held in the hands of a ruling priesthood called the Covenant. Uh, so not just a shitty uh, mid-2000s movie, also uh, a religion, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Halo, that's the, the one, the, the future dudes in Halo, right? The Covenant it's is all the in the aliens. future. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the like, aliens. What, what are you, 19 years out of date right now? <laughs> no, J- Jamie, Jamie's pretty convinced that the Covenant in Halo are actually humans that time traveled into the... Or uh, future humans evolve into the Covenant and they time travel back to current Halo day. <laughs> and that's, oh, that's just, why they're future dudes. It's just the trope of all those like early 2000s games. Like You've got the humans, you've got the future dudes, you've got the swarm of bug people or whatever. It's like Star uh, Star Trek. No, no. What's the Starcraft? That's the one. Mm-hmm. The, like only, our, the only one you like. Yeah. Are, <laughs> are humans with spaceships and like warp technology not future dude enough for you? You have to space aliens are the future dudes. We're uh, almost there, Peter. We have spaceships. Exactly, yeah. but like we can't go anywhere like interesting with them. <laughs> oh, so now it's all about. So now Earth isn't interesting enough for you, huh? The Moon isn't interesting enough for you. I get it. I get it, Peter. I got dirt in my backyard, okay? <laughs> I got Stanley Kubrick movies at home. I don't need the moon landing. <laughs> I don't believe that for the record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mom, I want to watch the moon landing. We have the moon landing at home. And it's Stanley yeah. Kubrick. <laughs> uh, yeah. Moon landing at home. <laughs> okay, so we have a baby that just fell from the sky in a test tube, right? Yeah. Some, something we're all familiar with. Uh, at this point this many episodes in it doesn't even surprise me anymore yeah i almost would have been surprising if it hadn't happened right yeah uh so a nomadic tribe of desert outcasts known as the declined uh presumably because their credit cards are maxed out uh under the chieftain fan (laughs) morgul found the infant's shattered capsule and took him in they named the child lorgar or the rain collar in the cochesian tongue what's the cultural basis for this planet we had Vikings, we had Rome, we now we have what? Uh I guess like Middle East circa circa Jesus time. Cuz Lorgar is not like a Middle Eastern sounding name. No, so I mean the names aren't perfect. There was a meme that I think Darnell shared in the Discord the other day that was like uh about Magnus the Red and somebody with a very uh, somebody with a very Roman sounding name and somebody with a very Viking sounding name and the Viking sounding name grew up in ancient Rome, 40 K okay. planet. Right. And opposite for the Viking sounding name. Um, yeah. So yeah, th- don't, don't put too much stock in the names. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know where, I don't know what Rabuti Gulliman is really supposed to sound like. It sounds silly old Italian. So it's good enough for like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Lorgar, like all the other Primarchs that we've talked about so far, barring one who was raised by wolves, uh, does find people, or people find him, I suppose, uh, and immediately are like, you know what, I like babies, I'm going to raise them as my own. Um, they give him a name, and 17 local days later, so Jamie, quick maths, how many days is that? 17 local days is uh, 17 weeks, which is 17 times 7, which, using my brain... Computing. computing. <laughs> That's got to be what? 119? 109? 119 on the dot, yeah. Okay. 
I promise I didn't look that up, but nobody will ever know or believe me, so I guess... That secret dies with me. (laughs) (laughs) 17 local days later, Lorgar, already grown to the size of a young child, was discovered by an exiled priest of the Covenant and his caravan of exiles. The man was named Corferon, and he had been exiled from the Colchisian capital of Varadesh, the city of Grey Flowers, for advocating that the Covenant be more forceful and aggressive in his conversion tactics. So, so Veradesh. Covenant capital. Colchisian Covenant capital. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Veradesh yeah. does sound deserty enough because it sounds like Marrakesh, which is a real place. True. Uh, right. Tell us some Still, stuff about Marrakesh, would you, Pete? Yeah. I think it's in like Algeria or Morocco. I don't know. Uh, I, Morocco, I I'm 90% sure. I haven't, I haven't been. It is. So. Oh, yeah. Ca- Casablanca is in Algeria, isn't it? No, Casablanca is in Morocco. Right. Damn, Morocco's got all the cool cities. Yeah. yeah. Marrakesh, Marrakesh is the capital of Morocco. Okay, yeah. Okay. It's a former imperial city in western Morocco, and it's a major economics center and home to mosques, palaces, and gardens. Okay. And tw- I, off the top of my head, off the top of my head. 22 times 7? Uh, 22 times 7. <laughs> it's 134. <laughs> no, it's... Wait, well... It's got to be more se- than that, right? 22 times right, 7? Jamie? Right, Jamie? 10 times 740. 140 <laughs> plus 14. Uh, so that's Quick 154. Math. Quick maths, yeah. my guy. Uh, so the Covenant, later known as the Old Faith or Old Ways, was a polytheistic religion dedicated to worshipping its own little pantheon of gods. Huh. And uh, I don't like that. And they were the dominant religion on uh, Colchis. They weren't necessarily the only religion on Colchis. Uh, so they still had they still had people to convince. They still had some converting to do. You know what I mean? There wasn't religious harmony on the planet. They also had the submissive religion where everybody wore collars and were dragged around on leashes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one was the dominant, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. They had the sadist one where people just like hurting people. They had the masochist right. one where people liked getting hurt. Yep. It, it, it kind of worked. It was a nice balance. Those two. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll never let myself get hurt by a filthy sadistus. Um, what, what do we know about this dominant religion? What what are their gods? So so before we get into their gods, uh, I just want to say I wrote Kavananent here. Um, <laughs> also, uh, so we have this man named Corferin who who was kicked out uh, for saying that they should be more strict and more aggressive in trying to recruit people. So we okay, yeah, they want to recruit people. But they draw limits, and this guy Corferon was like, no, we should lie, cheat, and steal, backstab, whatever we need to do to get people to our faith. Uh, probably true to uh, some uh, real-life religions. I don't want to speak too much on the topic that I know very little about, but... It's Pastafarianism. Those guys are the worst, dude. They're dangerous. Sure can yeah. be. Radicals. Uh, so he finds... This is the guy who finds Lorgar. Uh, named by his first adoptive father. He seems like a dangerous kind of man to have a super toddler handy. <laughs> so so there's, there, there is something to be said about a uh, member of the cloth who got kicked out for being uh, not, not chill enough out of the church who finds a young boy and is like takes a liking to him. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say what it is, but it's there. 
Uh, on this religious subject that I know very little about. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately sensing greatness in the boy and believing him blessed by the Colchisian gods he called the powers, Corferin convinced Lorgar to become his disciple and promptly killed Fan Morgul and the Decline to cover up the boy's identity. So first thing he does when he gets there, he meets a boy. He's like, I like this boy. And he's like, I'm going to kill his father and everybody who knows of his father and his existence and leave their bodies <laughs> to rot in the desert because I am a man of the cloth. And this is my calling, okay? <laughs> this is The Caucasian buzzards are going to just have a field day. Yeah. This is uh, the beauty of faith. And I am. Uh, nobody will ever know his crimes of trying to stop me from stealing his son. <laughs> before he ever made any move to stop me from stealing his son. <laughs> yeah, it's like, did you ask where he got this kid three weeks ago? Like, no, we just killed everybody. What do you want? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, did the guy say, like, you couldn't take him? No, no, nothing like that, but I don't want to make it awkward, so I just decided yeah. to kill him anyway. We we needed a new choir boy, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do, carry the sacrament myself? <laughs> uh, despite enduring Corferin's vicious emotional and physical abuses, Lorgar came to fervently believe in the faith of the covenant and researched every aspect of its theology that he could find. He came to believe that there was a single god he named The One that led and bound together in his being the polytheistic pantheon of the covenant which comprised four lesser gods. So right away, this kid's like, you know what? Your scripture's dumb. I have a better idea. There's one god, dummy. Why, why would you think there's multiple gods? If, if you could prove the existence of multiple gods, why wouldn't there be one god who created those gods, right? Yeah, I'm getting the feeling that this guy's going to probably be proven right at some point. <laughs> what about Zeus? He he's the, the the father of all the other gods, isn't he? Or what is what is his relationship? No, he's he is. He was created by Jesus to stop the Titans. Yeah. Haven't you ever uh, read a book, Jamie? Well, not about <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you ever seen Disney's Hercules? That's what it, the whole movie was about. I'm playing <laughs> Hades right now, and he seems to be the top of the ladder. So I haven't heard anything about Jesus so far. Uh, have you beaten the game? No. The last right. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Spoilers for Hades. Last boss is Jesus. He doesn't. He doesn't fight back. He's like the first boss in Undertale. Yeah, but it's two phase, and it's it's three rounds later. He comes back. He's way stronger. <laughs> uh, so Corferon did what any good uninvited stepfather would do, and told Largar that he was an idiot, and beat him regularly to build a healthy foundation of paranoid dependence. Can you physically abuse a Primarch? Uh, yeah, I mean, to some like extent, effect effectively. Like, what the? F why hasn't this kid just been like the, the? You know, the first time he gets hit with the bamboo switch, he's just like, okay, maybe this is just a, a one off. But after it happens oh. again, dude, <laughs> wouldn't he just wouldn't he just break off his stepdad's arm? Look at lions in <laughs> captivity, man. Like they could kill their trainer, they just don't know it until until it happens. Yeah. So, maybe so as someone who's never been physically abused, and I'm sorry if this is a trigger for anyone listening out there. Uh, someone who's never been physically abused, I assume that it's more emotional than it is the actual physical pain of it, right? As yeah, you, you're, okay. a ch you're a child, you don't know what's going on, and somebody is hitting you with a switch. You're like, I must have done something wrong, and you don't you don't get to the point where you think I'm bigger. I could I could rip his arm off. Right, right. But I mean, he'd, he'd give him a month and a half. He's going to be tall enough that this probably it's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to beat the shit out of my six and a half foot tall. Two-month-old kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so Finish he, all your ravioli. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so he also saw that his new adopted son was destined to make some money later in life uh, and or power. 
decided to hitch his proverbial wagon to this, his rising star adopted son's wagon. Corferon tried to manipulate Lorgar at every turn. He wanted to use the boy's extraordinary talents to take over the theocracy of the Covenant and to rule over Colchis. So he's like, those motherfuckers kicked me out. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk out into the desert and find a 12-foot-tall son to fucking beat him up for me. Uh, and, <laughs> and you know, he's, he's making good headway. It's a pretty good welcome back to just be like, you guys kicked me out for being crazy. Hear me out. I brought back a demigod that I found in the desert. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So despite his stepfather's abuse, Lorgar had a need for validation and approval, as we all do. He remained intensely loyal to Corferon throughout it all, even saving his life after some other Covenant members decided to mutiny. Of course, they mutinied in protest of Corferon's treatment of the young Lorgar, but the irony was lost on them all. Oh. So, so they literally went out into the desert, found a demigod. Corferon is like, we got to kill his father. We got to kill everybody he's ever known. We got to act like we're, you know, we're, uh, we're the lizards that eat the, eat the bird eggs and then lay eggs in the nest for the other mother to raise. Right. Well, like we're coming in and we're going to make our own baby here. And then, uh, the other people were like, oh, okay. The other people got exiled with Corferon. We're like, okay. Seems seems a little unchristian, but I, I guess we'll go with it. So they do it. And then uh, like they just see him just wailing on his kid all the time and calling him an idiot and calling him so dumb when he has all these like really revolutionary good ideas. So eventually they're yeah. like, you know what? Fuck this guy. He's a bad person. Uh, let's kill him. And then we'll just go on with our lives. And Lorgar ends up stopping them. And is like, no, no, no. You can't kill him. It's not the right thing to do. That's my, my <laughs> stepfather. Come on. It's like if the camera crew killed Chris Hansen when he's trying to trap a pedophile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, or the camera crew killed a pedophile when they were trying to, uh, when the pedophile was trying to adopt a child, but the child stopped the camera crew and said, "No, no, it's cool." No, no, it's because it's they're trying to protect him. They're trying to protect. I'm fucking lost in this <laughs> network, <laughs> guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all I know is pedophiles are bad. Okay, well that's All right, yeah. That's uh, you heard it here first, folks. Pedophile's bad, that's, <laughs> and that's a lower boys canon. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so despite Corferon's abuse, Lorgar quickly surpassed his master. He became a devout preacher. His skill in oratory and the power of his superhuman charisma winning him many followers, allowing him to rise to the position of Archpriest of the Godsworn as the followers of Lorgar's branch of the Covenant and believers in the One called themselves. So Homie's got his own sect now. He is like, he's tall enough, he's handsome enough that people are like, you know what? Whatever this guy says, I'm buying it. Nailed his demands to the church door with one swing. They're like, that guy's strong as fuck. <laughs> yeah, <actually."> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so, and if you seek approval, but you're not tall and handsome, you can start a lore comedy podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't work as well as you might think, but it does something. <laughs> uh, Corferon would be the one to name Lorgar the new bearer of the word. Lorgar's fame would spread quickly, and he took to using that fame to liberate slaves across Colchis. He amassed these slaves into his own little army, which he called the Godsworn, and marched on the capital, Varadesh. After a fiery... Well, that's a good thing to do, at least. Head, head to the capital city, or to give him the name? Free slaves. Well, how'd you miss that one? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, well, because <laughs> Lorgar's, do- Lorgar's been doing good things. I thought okay, you were talking yeah. about Corferon, because he's the 
irredeemable abusive stepfather. Oh, no, no, Lorgar, no. Lorgar's like... been fine. The worst thing Lorgar has done is protect Corferon, his abuser. Right, which, which is not necessarily his fault. Yeah, you can't, you, can't, you can't blame an abused person for doing that, right. of course. So after a fiery sermon before the city gates, they opened him. Peter, you, and you say, Peter, that that was a good thing to do, but he literally just like recruited them into his cult and said, like, I'm recruiting you for this person. You're now my godsworn, and you believe in me as the one true messenger of God, the one God that nobody else believes in but us. So he goes to Varadesh. He offers up this fiery sermon before the gates, uh, and they open to him. They're like, you know what? Great speech. Uh, the lower priests of the covenant within the capital presented the corpses of the ruling covenant ecclesiarch and hierarchs as a gift to the city's new conqueror. So the guy literally talked so good that the uh, upper class murdered the ruling class and presented their corpses to him after opening the gates. That's fucking. <laughs> that's that's true speechcraft, right? Yeah, there. right. That's yeah. a that's a nat twenty on your on your persuasion check. That's but like that could, could do so thirty nat twenty. It's just like <laughs> 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 he probably said the sickest tongue twister ever, and he didn't mess it up at all. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, whoa! And whoa, then they went, dude. Yeah, oh, now oh, brown no. cow. Here's, <laughs> here's the corpse of the president. <laughs> turns out like they they're the bearers of the word but it's all tongue twisters in their scripture <laughs> um i really wish that i had the comedy chops the improv chops of jamie and i could have used my knowledge of the gospel to uh rework uh uh what do, what do you call it my knowledge of the gospel is very good but what would you call like a pass you call it a passage of the bible a verse yeah a verse 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 a verse of the Bible well, I, into a tongue yeah. twister. Yeah. If I knew any, I would give it a shot. I'd give it the old college try, but don't. Yeah, I don't know anything about the gospel. <laughs> and they said yeah. it to him, go, go, Baldy, go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few things about gospel. It's usually a bunch of attractive black ladies that sing real good. <laughs> They're very good at tongue twisters. I know. I know God summoned two bears to kill 40 kids. I know the one about the the lusting after genitals of donkeys. I know. I know what? the highlights. I know the highlights. You know what I mean? Yeah. What the, the hell part, are you the party part? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was okay. So there there is there is a verse and or passage in the Bible where a bunch of kids make fun of I think it's Job and call him Baldy and they say Baldy, 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 and Job prays to God and God sends two bears to maul the forty children. That sounds. <laughs> That, authentically old testament that is, that is to be in there. an old yeah. test that is an old testament passage and there was also one about a, a girl who lost after the genital of genitals of donkeys jesus dude anyway not what we're talking about believe it or not <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we got we got your boy lorgar outside the gates now inside the gates they give him a corpse he's like cool after he takes veradesh lorgar's godsworn's forces uh lorgar's godsworn forces move from city to city, taking them either peacefully through conversion, so he speaks to them enough that they murder their own rulers, or in some yep. cases, putting every single person within to the sword for their heresy in refusing the faith of the one. So, uh, you remember we were like, hey, uh, Lorgar's pretty chill for freeing the slaves. I assume that this, this practice of putting them to the sword, if they don't accept the god and become part of his army, also applied to the slaves. Maybe, maybe... Uh, yeah. A good move, freeing the slaves, making them your own slaves thereafter. Not such a good move. You know what I mean? Stealing this slaves is... for your own uses? 
Or yeah, morally say, ambiguous not, at best. <laughs> not freeing. That's just stealing. It's like okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of like a company merger or like acquisition. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, the beauty uh, of the beauty of religion, I guess, is that uh, some of them probably actually believe and think think that they're more free for that, right? I don't know. Definitely. I don't know why I'm trying to justify slavery to you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, just get that on a t-shirt. All yeah. bad. All bad. I guess let's let's walk uh, back the whole Lorgar good uh, talking point. I'd like, I'd like this one. Like we always have a title of like a joke within the thing. This one doesn't have anything to do with 40k. It's just Ethan justifies slavery is the title. <laughs> uh, 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 maybe not. Maybe maybe that won't be the title of the episode. You know, bad uh, <laughs> Um. So, after several Terran years, uh, presumably several less uh, Colchis years yep. uh, of fighting. Probably seven less. Maybe. A factor of seven left. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think, well, maybe. Um, well, because, yeah, one of their years is seven years on Terra. One of their days is seven days on Terra. That's the spinning yeah. of the planet, not the rotation around the sun, my dude. I gave it to you. Oh. I will go back and find what a year is because you're you're made at a talking point now. Frick! I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I've never been to another planet. I never had to think five, about it. Took five what? standard years for Colchis to weave its tortured path around its relentless sun. Is what I said at, earlier in the episode. So okay. it's a multiple of five, not a multiple of seven. Interesting. I've been to other planets, but I've never had any work on another planet, so I've never worried about the days of the week. So that's why I didn't uh, get that. Fair. Yeah, uh, I've, I've only vacationed. And like, yeah. who's, who's counting then, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so after, we'll say, seven exact years, uh, Terran years of fighting, <laughs> the last city to stand against Lorgar's army was... Sorry, I'm very burpy. I just had a big sip of beer. Uh, the last city to stand against Lorgar's army was a city called... Gahavarla, which was protected by an artifact dating back to the age of technology known as a storm generator. I'll let you guys guess what a storm generator does. Barbed wire hurricane, baby. <laughs> it's, just really... it's, either, it's either a generator that you need during a storm or it creates storms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a gasoline generator so yeah. you can keep your hot plate going and make beans. <laughs> 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 like, oh, no. Like they're walking up to the city. They just hear like the ripcord going like. Burr, burr. Oh, the generator run away! Yeah. You know, like, right <laughs> a dragon lies within. Uh, throwing cans of hot beans at them. Like. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so hot that they pop on on collision. You know, <laughs> or like over the castle walls instead of tar, it's just like bean gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Death by beans, dude. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, so. They have a storm generator, which is actually not that. It was the second one. It makes storms. So they made they, okay, were, able I was to, right. they were able to make a storm. Uh, and what appeared to be a miracle uh, de- was definitely a moment of true Mary Sunus. Lorgar approached the raging maelstorm around the city and parted the storm, allowing his army to swarm through the gap and capture Gahavarla. So I kind of imagined him punching a bolt of lightning as it strikes the earth, and then it, the, <laughs> the whole the whole storm is just like uh, like a like yeah. a whining, whimpering dog, like just goes back into the castle. <laughs> it puts its storm tail between its storm legs and and runs off. Yeah, one of the one of the arms of the hurricane like curls underneath it. It just like <laughs> shuffles away. <laughs> so with the fall of Gahavarla, Lorgar found himself the master of all of Colchis, and he immediately named Corfarin as the high priest of the Covenant. So Corfarin got what he wanted. He wanted to overthrow the Covenant. He wanted to seat himself. He 
still doesn't necessarily believe in the one God, but uh, he's you know he told um, Lorgar it was stupid for a long time. Lorgar started proving yeah. that he could kill people very effectively, and so maybe he stopped doing that for a while. Uh, How did he part the storm wall? Is it does it recognize like Emperor of Mankind genes? No, no, I don't think so because Emperor <laughs> of Mankind, while he was around in the Age of Technology, he wasn't a force in the Age of Technology. He wasn't necessarily okay. the Emperor at the time. Um, he kind of becomes the Empire Emperor during the Great Crusade for the first time. Right. right. Uh, what I'm gonna guess it is is that the Storm Generator somehow pulls on the warp, and there are people who are attuned to the warp, and they have what are called like psychic abilities. They're they're known as psychers in Warhammer 40k. Presumably, he has at least some connection to okay. the warp and used the warp, his warp powers, to part the storm. Cool. Like I said, I think it's just he's a Mary Sue, so he's just going to part the storm because he can. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, without pause, Lorgar proclaimed to the faithful that they still had much to do. They're like, sure, we conquered the whole planet, but it's always more to do. Yep. Now we're gonna find problems within. Now I can start executing. <laughs> now I can start executing my followers. Now that you're all here, uh, as Lorgar's popularity grew, other members of the Covenant's ecclesiastical hierarchy grew jealous. Lorgar's youth had been constantly plagued by visions of a mighty warrior in gleaming bronze armor coming to Colchis, a one-eyed giant in blue robes standing beside him. At one point, the visions reached such an intensity oh. that Lorgar claimed that the prophesied return of Colchis's one true god was soon to occur. Peter, you had an uh there. Is this... Is he having dreams about basically about the god emperor and Rabute Gulliman? Not Rabuti. I knew you were going to say Rabuti, but because you, you lingered on the blue, not yes. on the one-eyed. So no, and a, I didn't know if he had lost his eye sometime between episodes. That's no. the, that was that was why I, I played that card. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a different Primarch who uh, we'll get into eventually. Uh, called okay. Magnus. Uh -huh. Magnus is one eyed. Oh, okay. Now that you say, okay, it's like they used to have two eyes, but they only have one eye now. I was thinking Not one big old eye. Not a cyclops. Okay. Okay. No, no, okay. no. The gene seed is combining your eyes into one big eye yeah, yeah. because. <laughs> You don't need depth perception anymore. <laughs> again, again, we're not talking about Greek mythology here. We're not talking yeah. Zeus. We're not talking the Cyclops. We've yeah. Okay. Sorry, dude. Been playing Hades all day. I'm just. I'm in. I'm in a different world. Yeah. Obsessed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Lorgar began to preach his news to the people of Colchis, causing disruptions to the theocratic rule of the Covenant as people converted to his dissident beliefs in the One God. Lorgar's enemies in the Covenant saw this as the opportunity they had been waiting for to remove the threat that Lorgar presented to the status quo. De status quo excuse me that's like quite the tongue the phrase status quo is quite the tongue twister wouldn't you agree Jamie? status quo mm -hmm. uh i don't know status quo uh no yeah, okay. I, I don't got it dude great i don't got it agree to disagree uh so <laughs> you could just say it i so, think after all the things you said before it, it like primed you to think the sentence was going one way and then they just threw the quo at you no 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 it had nothing to do with the sentence before i just think that status quo is a tongue twister and i will not be changed my beliefs will not be changed okay all right, i'm used to that i yeah. am resolute in my <laughs> belief okay okay sure uh much and much like me being resolute in my belief the uh believer the old believers of the covenant who didn't believe in the one god declare lorgar a heretic to the old ways those of the Covenant who came forward to arrest Lorgar were, of course, killed by his followers, uh, but it, it caused a schism. The Covenant split into two factions, the followers of the Old Faith and the Godsworn, 
the Brotherhood of Lorgar, who continued to believe in the One, and a holy war of immense proportions erupted, er eventually forcing the entire population of the world to choose a side. They went door to door. Uh They went door to door, selling vacuums and demanding (laughs) you choose the one true faith. (laughs) If we all get on the same faith, guys, then we don't have to have all these different size bags. We can just have one size vacuum bag, and it'll be (laughs) way better that way. Yeah, yeah. No more Dyson hookups, okay? They're ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. <laughs> so expensive. Uh, so this conflict, called the Schism Wars, lasted six standard years. So, Jamie, how many Quilkizian years? Five point something. No, 1.2. No, six. <laughs> oh, 1.2. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking one, and I said five. Oh, well. You have to reduce the amount of Earth years. <laughs> so I don't know, dude. Last six, six standard years ends when Lorgar and his supporters storm the Temple of the Covenant, known as the Cathedral of Illumination, in the heart of the capital of Varadesh, at which the Primarch had once trained. They killed the monks within, eliminated the heart of the Covenant's conservative religious resistance to his ideas concerning the One God. Possibly as part of this conflict, or after it, one-third of the people of Colchis were said to have turned against Lorgar, and the first great purge was conducted by, brother, by the Brotherhood's fanatically loyal warrior monks who had been handpicked by Lorgar. So, uh, Peter, you mentioned, yeah. now I can turn my focus onto you, my followers. Not far off. He, he purges... I could write <laughs> Games Workshop sci-fi, because I was kidding. <laughs> uh, he purges a third of the planet, which is uh, yeah. an insane statistic. Uh, you know. But this is this is a classic thing. There's like an old saying. It's like some old like British thing <laughs> where it's like kill a third like, of your followers or else you won't lead no more. Kill uh, the uh, old thing. <laughs> yeah. Great tongue um, twister. It's it's something about like uh, Saint George who after he he slayed all the dragons continued looking for dragons and eventually would be found trying to kill a sheep or something like that where you've if you spend your entire life doing something, you just look for more things to do. So he's constantly searching for enemies, basically. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. We'll call we'll call Lorgar King George because I know he did kill one dragon. That's why he was made king, right? Saint George, uh, King George, King George. I was talking about Saint George and the dragon. What lore is is King George from? Oh, I thought it was England. I thought he was named King uh, George. I don't know if he became king afterwards. Saint George, George of the Jungle. St. George. I wasn't expecting him to look this up today. Uh, yeah, that's him killing the dragon right there. I I don't know why I have King in my head. I just watched the there thing is, the other day. King George is a real guy. I don't think St. George is, considering his canonically has been fighting dragons, which he, are not real. He was born in Turkey. God Emperor of Mankind was born in Turkey. So you might be on the guy here. Frick. I mean, 8,000 years apart, but same guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got our purge. Uh, hand, it, it was his hand-picked lieutenants that conducted it. So Lorgar, now the ruling archpriest of the Reformed Covenant, promised the masses that their new god would arrive on Colchis no more than a local year after their victory, that they would know him only as the emperor, and that divorce was now legal. Oh, nice. Corfaron <laughs> <laughs> uh, confessed to his adopted son that he remained a believer in the other gods of the old faith but that he also believed, like Lorgar, that the one god was the most powerful of their number. So Corfaron's like, yeah, no, I still believe in my gods, but yeah, you're a god too. He's, he's probably one of them, uh, probably the strongest one, right? You're not going to kill me, right? Your old man, your old stepfather who used to beat the shit out of you? <laughs> <laughs> the Emperor and the Great Crusade's expeditionary fleet reached Colchis in 857 in the 30th millennium, less than a local year after Lorgar's final victory over the Covenant. 
So Lorgard does seem to have some psychic abilities. He can presumably yeah. tell the future because he's like, he's going to come he, in the next year. Sure enough, he's there within the next year. He is, from what I understand, the only one who is having dreams about the emperor, right? Because everybody else is shocked when the mysterious stranger shows up and is just like, hey, let's eat all the ham in this room. Yeah, so I believe he's the only one so far. I haven't gone through each of them, each of the legions' primarchs, so it's possible okay. that there's another one who's like a power, like connected to the warp uh, in some way, and is able to kind of read the future or receives visions of the future. All of them did seem to know that something was going to happen in their life, kind of, a, kind of a, a peak moment, a climax, if you will. Yeah. So as the golden armored emperor of mankind descended from his landing craft with the one-eyed Primarch Magnus, the Red, uh, and two Legion tactical squads of Thousand Sons Astartes at his side, there could be no doubt in Lorgar's mind that he knelt before his god. Oh, the Thousand Sons. I, those are my favorite marine models that I've seen thus far. They're really cool looking. Describe them to me. Um, they're like light blue, and I know they have their helmets have like two big, kind of like a pharaoh hood as ears but they're like raised up and split like a fork so they have the kind of like pharaoh hood on the sides but they go up like horns there you go uh hence very the, cool hence the blue robes right yeah uh so while he knelt a planet knelt with him proof of lorgar's convictions were laid bare before them lorgar saw this preordained meaning as the confirmation of his many visions and prophecies and so the primarch and his people wholeheartedly embraced the ruler of the imperium of man as their promised messiah and god emperor yeah. That's it. What about abusive stepdad? Uh, I mean, abusive stepdad, we'll, we'll find out what happens to him. Oh, I see. So the emperor would bid Lorgar to take his best warriors and induct them into the 17th Space Marine Legion, the Imperial Heralds, who had been created from his own genome. So like all the other ones, like, hey, we weren't sure what happened to you. We decided to clone you, but like dilute your your essence a bit, and then just clone you a thousand times, and then. Uh, so uh, nice to meet you. I'm your dad. I have an army for you. That if you were to dilute your essence, what would you dilute it with? Dilute it with. Well, yeah, water. Probably acetone. Acetone. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think I'd do vinegar, garlic, and dill. Ooh, so I'd be very more of a seasoned. pickle. Very nice. Oh, yeah, just, yeah. You're pickled. Yeah, you're pickled yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like. It's, since we're in Montreal, I'm a big fan of kosher essence on my sandwiches. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just flick a little bit. Yeah. Is, this, <laughs> is this gene seed kosher? <laughs> Listen, Magnus, you come in here, you complain all the time. Just take a sandwich and go. We've got things to do. <laughs> so Lorgar gratefully took up the emperor's purpose expressing his deeply held desire to spread his faith in God Emperor to every world in the Imperium. Despite the Emperor's continuing admonishments that his Imperium was to be built on the foundation of the Imperial Truth, an atheistic, rationalist doctrine that forbade yeah. the practice of religious faith as mere superstition. So I had heard about this. Where the Emperor is like the ultimate super edgy atheist. He's just like, don't call me the God Emperor. That's dumb. Yeah. Don't do that. So liter literally the whole purpose of the Great Crusade is uh, what's called the imperial truth. So the scientific method, um, completely atheistic. Religion is banned in the empire. And one of his sons is like, no, but you're God though, right? And he's like, stop. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, but dad, you're, you're God though, right? I'm going to tell everyone you're God. That's cool, right? I'll do, I'll do the army thing and I'll go and I'll settle a civilization. But everyone I go to, 
gonna tell them you're God. That's cool, right? I'm gonna tell them you're God, and I'm gonna steal their vaccines and throw them into the sun. Just like, <laughs> please, please don't do that, Lorgar. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna do it for you, Dad, because you're God. You're the one true God, and I know what I'm doing is right. So Lorgar then joins his father and his legion on the Great Crusade to reunify the human worlds of the galaxy under the new Imperium. Lorgar appointed trustworthy regents to rule over Colchis in his absence and devoutly complied with what he believed were his father's divine commandments. That the emperor claimed he was not divine paradoxically only further strengthened Lorgar's faith in him, as who else but a true god would claim that he was not divine, right? Jesus is <laughs> is stereotypically humble. Yeah. Right? I do oh, remember I do remember when Jesus said, "No, I am not the son of God. Stop following me. I don't know you." That may have been Monty Python, yeah. Please, that is my purse. I do not know you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then Jesus kicked that man in the nuts. (laughs) (laughs) So every facet of the Covenant's belief structure was reorganized around the worship of the Emperor as the divine savior of mankind and the people of Colchis united behind their new living God. So things are going well for the Emperor's plans of uh, an atheistic galaxy. I brought them up uh, just as a joke earlier, but I I do have, I I am putting together a Sister of Battle army. I think they're explicitly religious as well. Like, they're also, they also fell into the trap of the God Emperor being a literal God and not just a sci-fi man. So we're we're in the 30th millennium here. Uh, They're not here yet. We're Warhammer 30k. Yeah. Uh, So still believes in atheism. Warhammer 40k, I think every single chapter fully believes in the God Emperor. Oh, I see. Like, okay. I, I think every single chapter in 40K, and this is unconfirmed, maybe this is a bit of Lore Boy's, Lore Boy's Ethan dumbness, not even canon, but I, I'm pretty sure yeah. by the time we get there, so much of the truth is obscured. This is the Emperor's original vision over 10,000 years ago. Right, okay, you know? yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think in the future, everybody worships, every Space Marines chapter worships the uh, God Emperor of Mankind. And we'll get into why. We'll get into eventually get into what the Golden Throne is and how he ends up there, uh, end up trapped in a single space. But uh, not this episode. I'll tell you that much. Uh, so every fast, uh, I I read that paragraph already, so I won't read it again for you, the listeners at home. Uh, the elaborate for us off air. <laughs> uh, the elaborate celebrations and displays of piety lasted for solar months. Although it was said that the emperor did not approve of this, wishing to rejoin the Great Crusade as soon as possible, and being dismissive of organized religion in general. So before they even go on the Great Crusade, he's like, "I'm going to go on the Great Crusade with you," and everybody's like, "Hell yeah, our guy Lorgar is going on the Great Crusade with God." And God is like, it's, "Don't call me that. It's uh, it's we call it a crusade. I don't know why it has this religious connotation, but it's just kind of like we're going to you know to stamp out religions." And they're like, "Yeah, great, let's party for months with God," and God's like, "Okay, but like." I'm cool to party. I'll stay for a bit. I, I do got to get going. And please stop calling me God. And they're like, yeah, God, great, great commandment, God. God commands that we don't call him God. Thanks, God. <laughs> and, and do you guys have a locally made watch? Because mine is way too fast for this son. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, how fast was this watch? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I a watch tongue twister not too long ago. But yeah. Uh... Uh, so the watch would be one seventh because uh, time. Uh, your watch does go on daytime, not calendar time. Yeah, I what? I think I like overwound it to over to compensate, and I just broke it. Can I just get something local here? 
whatever you want, God. You know what? Never mind. I'll just do this later. <laughs> yeah. Three yeah. Win- <laughs> three witches watch three swatch watches. Which witch watches which swatch watch? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You tell me, buddy. I, I've been asked, know, I've been asked that for weeks. <laughs> do people wear watches anymore? I do. Some people do. You do? Okay. Yeah. So it's connected to your phone, isn't it? A lot of people wear yeah. them when they wear a suit because it's like an accessory more than it is like a. Right. It kind of seems like something to show off, like your money, because like yeah. it, no one needs to know the time. They just need to show this yeah. is a three thousand dollar watch. Uh, yeah. Imagine how much more money I probably have back home squirreled away. I, I, <laughs> I think it's an accessory. I don't think all accessories are just to show off your money. I think some people take pride in the way they look, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people just uh, just like the way they look wearing a watch. But I I do think at this point it it is an accessory. Nobody's wearing it for practical purposes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, yeah. I wear mine in the car. I can safely take phone calls on it. That's the old. That's basically the the reason I still have mine. <laughs> I only wear the anklet because these people keep coming to my apartment and telling me I can't leave and I have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very very nice of them to put a, a clock on your uh, <laughs> your home arrest anklet though. It, just t- it ticks down though until he's free. That's that's what it is. <laughs> And it's in years, not in in days, which is why I was confused before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The multiples of five instead of the multiples of seven. I got right, you. Right, 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 right. Uh, so at the conclusion of the celebration, so they do have a party, and God is like, "Hey, Lorgar, we kind of got to go though." And Lorgar's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be right there." God, just one sec, I gotta go tell more people how I was right about finding God. Uh, you know, and they they kind of go around. They do they do their party, like I guess on all the other other planets with the other Primarchs. A lot of them had parties. Uh, Lorgar was made commander of the uh, 17th Legion, the Imperial Heralds. Corferin survived the difficult genetic augmentation process to become an adult superhuman warrior similar to a true space marine and became Lorgar's chief advisor, lieutenant, and the commander of the uh, Imperial Heralds Elite First Company as the Legion's first captain. So your man's got a promotion. Does he have power armor as well? Yeah, yeah. He's he's a full he's a full oh, space marine now. So we talked about it in one of the other I think it was it was Space Wolves, it was Lamont Russ. Uh yeah. maybe uh anyway, we've done so many now. But somebody's uh mentor wasn't able to undergo the the transformation because it's it's too intense for some people. So he kind of became like an adjunct space marine. Right. Kind of yes. like a regular dude who hangs out with space marines. Uh, but some people, if you're if you're young enough and hale enough and strong enough, you can survive the operation to become a space marine. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Lorgar's face with faith was challenged by his father as he and his loyal soldiers were charged with spreading through the galaxy and purging idolatry, religion, and superstition in the name of the atheistic imperial truth. In the first years yeah. of the Great Crusade, Lorgar hid his true conviction, never stating it openly, but also never disavowing it. So, I can see how when God tells you that he's not God, your faith would probably be challenged here and there. <laughs> so he never, God, God would be like, Lorgar, 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 come here, come here, Lorgar, take it, take it. So I need you to go out there and purge idolatry, religion, and superstition, all in the name of imperial, atheistic, imperial truth. Lorgar's there like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. He's like, okay, Lorgar, Lorgar, one other thing. Am I God? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean. so you want me to purge idolatry, religion, and superstition, right? Yeah, Lorgar, I do want you to do those things, but that's not 
That's not what I asked. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. I'll do those things. I'll do those things. Good dad. Did you just call me god dad? No, I just said dad. Dad. <laughs> okay, Lorgar, I really need you to tell me that you don't worship me and think of me as some sort of god. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say must be true. Okay, Lorgar, why did you say it like that though? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like, listen, Lorgar, I've got this new watch. It's way too fucking slow. I can't keep doing this. We, I would just <laughs> get on with the first <laughs> Oh, shit. Look at the time. Fuck, my seven times tables are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a week late. I I was held up. <laughs> it's not. It's the hardest column on the, seven, on the times table, I'll say. So. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> I don't know, Jamie. Form your own opinion of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm just not like God. my opinion, man. I'm not God. I keep telling you this, Jamie. You keep tell you keep being weird about it, but I keep telling you I'm not. <laughs> so yeah, Lorgar uh, does it. Out- he's not going around at-, at the beginning. He's not going around telling people, "Hey, but the Emperor's God." Pass it on. But he's also not ever saying, "No, you're not God." Right. In all the records of his words in that time, of which there are many, there's endless praise for the emperor's vision and for the course he charted for mankind, but not one word denouncing the specific belief that the emperor was divine. The worship of idols, the practices of mystics, and the falseness of countless gods all were condemned without measure, but on the the nature of his lord and father, Lorgar remained silent. Okay, he's like lying by omission, basically. He's like, if I never tell him I think he's God, I can get away with having what seems to be some sort of imperial cult hiding (laughs) just below the crusade. No, no, Lorgar, you've got to promise me you don't think I'm God, and you're not going to have some weird cult as one of my armies, as one of my legions. Yeah, I already took down the Bristol board shrine in my closet like you asked. Good, good, okay, Yeah? yeah. Did you do your homework? Yes. Okay. You throw away all those Mexican candles that have my picture on them? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like the the glass tube. Have you... (laughs) Are those El Cand's? Yeah. Is that a Mexican candle? That's a Mexican candle, yeah. Okay. Uno El Cand. Now, Lorgar, (laughs) have you been to church today? Uh, No, 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 no. And I swear... Uh, I definitely totally believe that the knots in the wood of my door are just that, not your face. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good. I love you, buddy. Somebody gotta get this guy a fucking metal door. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, While Lorgar and his his, uh, Imperial Legion uh, carved their way throughout the galaxy, destroying ancient texts and icons, eliminating blasphemy and heresy where they saw it, Lorgar would oversee the construction of vast monuments and cathedrals, all of them venerating the Emperor. The greatest chaplains of the Imperial Heralds produced enormous works on the divinity and righteousness of the Emperor and gave great speeches and sermons to the masses. So he's being he's being subtle about it, but it seems like it's it's leaking out at this point. Like Yeah. So so much of what they do is so tied to his belief and in the God Emperor that everybody who serves in his legion, the Imperial Heralds, also believes in it. And when they conquer a new planet, sure they they smash a couple idols and maybe they maybe they swap a couple idols into their place. You know what I mean? Here's my here's my Emperor of Mankind action figure, Stretch Armstrong style. Yeah, <laughs> I broke my like, Stretch Armstrong. All the beads fell out. Is that what was inside those things? Beads? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. 
I've pretty never, sure full beads. I've never owned a stretched Armstrong. I'll say that. Oh, when I was a little kid, he, his arms were like so stretchy. I, I just I, I stretched too far. Yeah. Well, I'm That's uh, your to... animal back for the episode. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to tie one of Stretch Armstrong's arms to the house and the other to mom's car, and we'll see <laughs> what Stretch <laughs> Armstrong is made of. Off, like, oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> it's full yeah. of beads, mom. So Lorgar is going around and he's preaching the word of his father, basically. And then if the emperor shows up, is he like, no, 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 it's not a sermon. It's a political rally. He's like, okay, I have a fucking eye on you. <laughs> oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. I looked up what's inside of him and I remember it now. It's like this gel that's really, really, really sticky. And I, I remember I broke it. Yeah, I broke not it and it beads. got stuck to everything. Yeah. As someone who's never held or touched a stretch Armstrong, I would not have guessed beads. I've no, never yeah. even seen one. Uh, so the progress of the Imperial Heralds was slow in bringing New Worlds into the into Imperial compliance, but domination of the defeated was complete, so they were thorough. They got down to it. The change of the 17th Legion's soul took solar decades to complete. A large legion even before... Large legion. How about that for a tongue twister, huh? A large legion, large legion, status quo. Large legion, status quo. <laughs> so a, a large legion, even before it was reunited with its Primarch, Lorgar was not fool enough to attempt such a project in one stage. The Golden Primarch had, had a genius for speaking to men's hearts, and his campaigns to win those hearts were as subtle and thorough as those fought by the likes of Fulgrim of the Emperor's Children and Rabuti Gulliman of the Ultramarines on the battlefield. Bit by bit, the faith in the Emperor's divinity was spread from brother to brother. Sorry, I, did, I thought you were done there. I, that little opportunity. Who was in charge of this legion before there was a Primarch assigned to it? Nobody he was. Just... With all the okay. legions, nobody was like, uh, I mean, for sure there was a chain of command or whatever, but yeah. the, the god emperor of mankind uh, built these legions, and maybe someday we'll do this episode just talking about like the legions creating, creation on Earth and the wars that happened on Terra, okay. but the legions were created from the gene seeds of the Primarchs. So the... Yes. the the emperor gave his gene seed to create the primarchs, and then they they took that essence, that watered down essence, that vinegared yeah. uh, kosher essence, and create <laughs> and created armies of of people from volunteers on Terra. Okay, so okay. there uh, there was presumably a chain of command, like I said, but there was no like primarch head. It was the emperor who who would have been the the de facto leader, I suppose. Okay, Lar- Lorgar's large legion led to pickle people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good that's pretty good okay. uh, i don't remember that verse in the bible but pretty good uh, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so new structures of organization sprang sprang up beside the old military hierarchy fraternities that seem to have much in common with those of other space marine legions but in truth were devices for the propagation of the faith throughout the ranks of the 17th legion when all was done when the final imperial herald had embraced the faith when the last of the old class had died, then Lorgar added the final flourish of, vic- of ritual to seal his victory. The Imperial Heralds would become known instead as the Word Bearers. To the rest of the Imperium, still ignorant of the change wrought in the 17th Legion, the name reflected their part in bringing the Imperial Truth to all humanity. Their, their Imperial Truth in this, in this sense is that, uh, no, all that stuff that he talked about Imperial Truth being science, it's actually that he's God. Whoa. So it's the word bearers. These are the guys we've been talking about all along. Yeah. So, it's, okay. It's so, such a strange bout of mental gymnastics to say, no, no, no. 
the thing that we the thing that the guy we think is God is saying is not true. What we're saying about that guy is true, but don't listen to him, listen to me. But again, it's it's proof of his divinity that he would deny his divinity. It's like his humility is proof of divinity, of exactly. course. Exactly. Yeah. Is the is the the gymnastic. The the right. single gymnastic. Single. I yeah. saw Indiana Jones, the 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 holy chalice or whatever. It's just that that little wooden cup. Exactly. It's, yeah. That's that's what the <laughs> The gene seed was transported in a very modest clay cup. Uh, right, right. It's made of wood because Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> True. So, holy grail. <laughs> so to, to, Lorgar, to Lorgar, yeah, I love that Jamie was like, the holy cup that it was in. Uh, <laughs> it has a name, okay? It has a name. Uh, so to Lorgar, the name change was an affirmation of his purpose to give hum- humanity faith in the God at its pinnacle. And with the Imperium and perched on the treacherous peak of worship, I'll leave you guys with a quote from Lorgar to set the stage for the next episodes. <laughs> All I ever wanted was the truth. Remember those words as you read the ones that follow. I never set out to topple my father's kingdom of lies from a sense of misplaced pride. I never wanted to bleed the species to its marrow, reaving half the galaxy clean of human life in this bitter crusade. I never desired any of this, though I know the reasons for which it must be done. All I ever wanted was the truth. Okay. Frick. So this will lead us into the Horus Heresy. That's why I say this is a multi-parter, as Jamie kind of figured out when we when we mentioned the word bearers there. Uh, yeah, a two-parter, three-parter, maybe a four or five-parter. I don't know. I still got some Magic the Gathering five-parter open-ended bookend with Elspeth that I said I'd do one day. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. With the Warhammer 40k, uh, we've been getting good feedback on it on our Discord and on Twitter. People have been reaching out to me to say that they really like it. So if you like what we do but want to hear about something else, I urge you guys to go to loreboys.com about. Join the Discord from the link there and uh, let us know what you want to hear. We're always looking to hear from you guys. We're always trying to you know grow and improve our community. Uh, it's really cool on there. Um, there's some great memes posted. There's uh, lots of cool people sharing cool stuff that they, they do on their own time. And, and yeah. we love it. And we love you guys. And we're not always yeah. as active, active as we'd love to be. But we uh, we gosh darn try our best, huh? How's that <laughs> they for a tongue twister? Axolotls. They added axolotls to Minecraft. And they let Peter know right away. So yeah. this is stuff it. we need to know. I sure see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if our <clears throat> Minecraft server was, uh, was working, then we'd probably add it to Peter's house that he's never been in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I've been your host, Ethan Palmer. Uh, if you like the show, please leave us a review. Whatever app you're using, if it's uh, iTunes, if it's Podcast Addict, if it's whatever, uh, please leave us a review. If we're uh, on Spotify, just tell your friends that, that you like this show. We're so excited to meet uh, new listeners. We're so, so excited to uh, get all these cool opportunities to interact with you guys. So please uh, reach out to us if you want to reach out to me on Twitter. You can find me at Ethan the Dead Man. Uh, Peter, what are you looking to plug this week? Uh, it's going to be uh, theloreboys.com uh, is our website. Slash about and click on the T public link uh, if you want to uh, buy a little bit of merchandise with Ooh, some silly merch. pictures on it. Um, we've got some new merch up right now. It's probably still on sale, like 30% off uh, on Wednesday when this comes out, October 7th. But uh, if you want something in particular, let us know because it does go on sale as soon as it's posted. And I'm working on uploading pretty much everything we have that's like merch compatible. Um, so yeah, if you want something, let me know. Or if you just think something should be up, let me know. It's all good. 
yeah. uh, or Lore Boys Podcast on Instagram, where you can follow some other things that we do, which is, again, artwork or Warhammer minis, which I'm constantly building and painting over time. Um, and yeah, that would be it for me. Jamie, what are you plugging this week? Uh, go to loreboys.com slash about. You can find uh, how to email us there and also our Discord. And I'd love to see some Loreboys-specific tongue twisters. If you guys got those, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to try and get those in my mouth. So please <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you got, put it in Jamie's mouth because he'll dig it. Uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, best way to support the show is probably to leave us a review. If you don't want to uh, spend your time and would rather spend your money, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash theloreboys. Uh, check it out. Check us out there. Uh, again, always as always, a shout out to our patrons. Uh, we love you guys. You guys make the show not possible, but you make the show a little bit easier for us, uh, and it means the world. Uh, if you don't trust Patreon and you want to support us financially, but don't trust the big fat cat capitalists at Patreon.com, then we always have Lord Boys Prime, Lord Boys Premium. I don't remember which it is. I never really do. Uh, this week, we're offering a very special service, so uh, you guys might have heard. Uh, we're starting a religion, the Lore Religion Boys, is what we're calling it. Um, <laughs> uh, don't don't let the name fool you, it's open to all genders. Uh, we're, we're, the whole point of the Lore Religion Boys is to really take back boys as a gender-specific term, uh, but we, we don't need to get into that. Uh, so there is a buy-in uh, to become a Lore Religion Boy. Like any good church. Like any good church, there's a tithe, uh, and you have to submit it. If you guys want to get into uh, Lore Heaven, then you guys got to <laughs> send us some money. Send us some Lore Bucks. Uh, we'll, we'll take any kind of currency, literally any kind of currency. So uh, real or fictional, because we are a fake history podcast, we will take fake fake uh, currency too. If you got Riot Points, send us some Riot Points. If you got V-Bucks, send us some V-Bucks. If you got Bitcoin, oh, yeah. send us some Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> Dude. If you get got... me some wild classic gold, I will do more than just the religion for you if you get me that. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you got uh, whatever currency they use in Sweden, I assume is just make-believe, then uh, send, it, send it to us. Uh, okay, Peter. Uh, the kroner, the sure. That's a, I think it's a kroner, yeah. That's a, that's a fun made-up sound for a, a currency. Then send is us that. that. It sounds like the psychic people in the Warhammer 40k universe. <laughs> Psychers and croners, dude. And, croners. And, croners. <laughs> uh, and I suppose with that, I could say that we have constituted already by now a lore boys. Oh, What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 